and boom goes the dynamite. Welcome to episode 54 of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me today is Paul Sebastian. Paul? Jeff. Well, uh, I'm so th- glad to be here. You know, they told us vote blue no matter who. And, you know, I gave that a lot of consideration. And after much thought, I decided that they were right. We should vote blue Matt, no matter who. And that's why I'm happy to say today jeff that uh i was proud to write in the blue meanie for president of the united states <laughs> today huh yeah brian heffron your new president congratulations you, you, you wrote that in today huh a, a day after yeah so you're the reason for for any lawsuits then wait wait what do you mean i thought it was today are you sure uh, yeah pretty sure ah shit well maybe next time brian sorry yep there's always 2024 with apologies to the blue meanie, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> um, real quick before we we move on, um, the uh, the the uh, best of Super Junior twenty seven participants got announced, and uh, yeah, no AEW people in that. Yeah, tournament. I thought that was interesting. So but that kind of CW names, which I thought was also uh, pretty cool no, for GCW to well, be no, 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 featured no. that way. No, no, that's on the Super J Cup. Super J Cup is that which what is that a different is? thing? Yeah, which is all in the United States, right? So that's right. going to be from the LA see. Dojo. But yeah, okay. Yeah, so, but yeah, no good. AEW uh, and no CMLL or Ring of Honor folk either uh, for Best of Super Juniors. So that's uh... so it's it's going to be a sm- well, you know, they're also running it concurrent. But anyway, that's a topic for another show. I just and, I mean, out. I'm sure the the travel concerns are still you know there, oh, yeah. right? Well, well, yeah, but I mean, the the point is, as I was trying to, I, I was trying to make is that now suddenly all the AEW and New Japan talk has cooled off once again. Yeah, I'm and I'm I'm assuming that again is to the aforementioned probably travel concerns. I'm sure everybody wants to get something done. You just can't, right? Yeah, basically. I mean, it has to be something Wrestle Kingdom level, which you know it will be coming up uh, in in two short months. Actually, uh, two months from today, as a matter of fact. Wow! So. Wow, that's a countdown. So, um, did you see Dark? I didn't. I went through to try to see if there was any matches worth watching earlier today, but nothing really piqued me. So I did not watch Dark. Okay, well that's good. So let's uh, let's roll on to episode fifty four of AEW Dynamite live from Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. Your hosts, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, Excalibur, and Chris Jericho, but not before, but not before we get Jericho uh, cutting a promo decks backstage with Dasha Gonzalez that MJF and Wardlow interrupt. Uh, can we talk about, even though I, I we despise him, uh, Jake Hager looked fucked up. Oh, well, he just had a Bellator fight last week. So well, yes, he I, fought I heard on that. Saturday. Um, he won a split decision with a tin can, uh, who was like, I guess a former football player, maybe who was also like a far right psycho with a three percenter tattoo. So it was Chud versus Chud. Uh, you know, the real losers were us, the fans for having to witness it. If you watch Bellator for like the 19 people that watched Bellator, they had to uh, deal with that. Unfortunately, I cannot uh, remember the last time I watched a Bellator event. No, it was probably all uh, respect to Bellator. I, I got to be real. There are some there's some good stuff happening in Bellator. There are some really good fighters in Bellator. And I am a freak for old guy fights. So, like, I like to turn on like Roy Nelson and uh, I don't know, like Bigfoot Silver or whatever uh, uh, old guy they toss out there. Uh, you know, R.I.P. Kimbo. 
<laughs> yeah. Kimbo uh, Slice is I, I won't derail this podcast with Kimbo Slice talk, but like if you want to tweet me about Kimbo Slice, you can always hit me up at Thick Flare TTV and we'll talk about Kimbo Slice. Uh Chris Jericho uh calls MJF soft as we head to our first match of the evening. Uh MJF and Warlow versus Sammy Guevara and Ortiz. Um can I just say, I thought Wardlow was magnificent in this match. Yeah, so the biggest thing that stood out to me in this match, and whilst this was supposed to be like a match that featured Sammy Guevara heavily like on an individual level, and it Which did. Which it did. Yeah, he got all his shit in. But what really uh, stood out to me in this match was MJF and Wardlow's look and chemistry as a cohesive tag team which I think is really good. And I think MJF is a very gifted tag team wrestler that doesn't get highlighted enough. And I think maybe we've missed an opportunity without featuring them in more tag matches over the last few months. Well, they really clicked and like, you know, really good, just a uh, uh, flow and, and just good storytelling, good psychology. The tags were great. Uh, you know, the, the differences in, in their individual styles kind of working as one unit and the gear matching, all of it kind of just right down to those details. I thought they make a really they, they cut a very striking look as a tag team. Uh, of course, I, I, I called this last week that Matt Hardy was going to interfere and he did by and he uh, did as Serpentico. So I like I guess Serpentico is like the go to like uh, uh, wrestler you pose as when you're trying to like be somebody else now. Are you trying to like hide now? Because like this is like what the third time they've used Serpentico as like the stand-in. Uh yeah, yeah, I think you're right. So, and in fact, now, Sammy Guevara was Sammy Guevara so, was one of those times too. So exactly, at some point, fair play. Serpentico just has to be like fake Serpentico, right? Like he has to pull off the mask, and it's just another Serpentico mask. <laughs> yeah, we got to do that. We got to get that shot. Uh MJF. Wins the match uh, by submitting uh, Ortiz with uh, that Fujiwara armbar. And then goes and hauls off on Chris Jericho at the commentary table. Yeah. And Jericho smiles and laughs and, you know, kind of thinking to himself, this is the edge I was looking for. Attaboy. Uh, pretty good storytelling to start off our show. Uh, you know, it's I like this for a go-home show, right? Because all of this stuff, the match itself, the promo before, the beatdown after, was all in service to the narrative to get us to Saturday night. So I think, you know, hey, we're off to a good start pacing and narrative-wise here. Uh, good shit. Let's keep moving. Uh, on that note, uh, we then go to a uh, video interview uh, between uh, Tony Schiavone and Kenny Omega at an undisclosed location. And um, this is the first of four segments involving Kenny Omega, Adam Page, or both that we yes. will have on this show. So you yeah, can tell I'm, which storyline they're really pushing on this show. Well, I'll have a, I have a few thoughts about the way they push different narratives in the show. This was one of my, I think I thought this was done pretty well, like as uh throughout the show, never overstate its welcome, but some good segments. I didn't really give too much of a shit about like the, uh, like the having different people like do little interviews about who, who they think is going to win. Like throughout, I kind of tuned most of those out, like eh, whatever, uh, cool for you. But yeah, I thought, I thought this was pretty good. I, this is Kenny's character, right? I think he kind of put, really put it on display here. Yeah. No, no, no that, that, that much is, is true. So. Uh, we then go to our second match of the evening. Uh, Trent Beretta versus Miro. And, you know, this was a decent match, but, God, this whole storyline just stinks. Yeah, it's just Still. the way we got here in the road there just makes it less interesting. Trent did give Miro a really good debut singles match, uh, as I kind of expected him to. He's a really good hand in the ring. Uh, yeah, there was some some interesting stuff bell to bell. The story itself just doesn't, eh, you know, it yeah. doesn't really do anything for me or very many other people. It seems to have fallen flat. So, you know, let's maybe get Miro away from the Kip Sabian Penelope thing. Let them go back to what they were doing, which was working by the way, like there was no reason to tweak that either. Miro's obviously a single star, doesn't need this crew with him in order to succeed. Let's just have him go out and beat people up. Put him on dark every Tuesday and have him kick somebody's ass for a month or two. Yeah. I don't see what's wrong with you. Like you have the platform to do that and build guys just like Miro. And I feel like it's tailor made for him, right? To like go out and beat Sean Dean (laughs) once and then, you know, uh, uh, get, you know, run through a few other guys through a few weeks you put him on dynamite. You have him start winning singles matches. You throw him in the rankings. I, I don't see what we're missing here. Yeah, same. I mean, he he, he seems like he, he's too primed to to not succeed. 
Yeah, you know? I don't really know why we need to like pair him up with a guy and be like, well, I have to fight you guys now because you broke my arcade machine. Although I will say I was very happy to hear him referred to as a, quote, very powerful streamer. That's right. So I thought that was a, a great <laughs> moniker to give Miro. Best man and very powerful streamer. Uh, during the match, the Dark Order show up and just kind of randomly attack Orange Cassidy. And, yeah, during uh, the match, but also during the picture-in-picture. How'd you feel about that? I, I nearly missed it. Yeah, it's, so that's the thing. I don't mind them doing things during picture-in-picture. I think it's good, right? Because just having rest spots, you know, kind of takes away from, like, the real the realism of, of a match, right? But this particular segment, you probably could have held off until you were back on the show to have some commentary adding context to it and things like that. Because much like a lot of other uh, ways they presented Dark Order and different decisions they made, you know, with relation to their presentation, it kind of downplays their significance and or, or impact by putting, you know, things like this at a commercial break, I feel. Yeah, well, what was you it? You combine was... it with like them losing matches on Dark and you know different things like that, and we'll get to you know another match they had tonight too. But I don't know, man. The Dark Order presentation is weird to me. It's been inconsistent, I think. No, it, it reminds you of like that that Cody, you know, the dog collar match, and like one of the critical moments of the match was during the picture in picture. And so, if you were not, if you usually tune out of the picture in picture, like I usually do, right? Most folks do, and it's cool that they have it. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. And I also don't think they should only be doing rest holds. I'm sorry, man. I, I'm going to have to stop yawning during this. Maybe yeah. some more. Well, because, I'm, uh, well, I, 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 well, I'm kind of wiped, too, after last I night. I think to everybody, be you know, it's, it's, it's an energy-draining couple of days, but we here at Boom Goes the Dynamite are here for you, the wrestling fan listener that wants to escape all that bullshit a little bit and talk wrestling. So I'm going to wake up and do that. Uh, what was I talking about? Uh, I think the picture-in-picture. Okay, cool. Picture in picture. Um, yeah, it's good that they should do it. It shouldn't just be resting holds. And, you know, things of impact and things of note can happen during it. But certain spots, I mean, this is a TV show, right? You want to show your audience the most important things. It's still a television program. So treat it like that. And these type of things maybe should have had, you know, the opportunity for commentary or for Chris Jericho to yell about it as he did literally everything else he said tonight <laughs> yeah uh the match ends with uh miro stretching the fuck out of beretta with that cobra with that camel clutch or whatever he calls did it did they give it a name yet i, I, I still i you know i i if he did if they did i didn't catch it either did i if you guys know the name uh to miro's new move formerly they called it the accolade in wwe i don't think it's called the accolade here uh tweeted at us at bgtd podcast tell us miro's finisher and tell me how stupid i am for not knowing it uh bulgarian backbreaker how about that the bulgarian, bulgarian backbreaker i like that there we I'll go book I'll, it folks we'll call it that um after the match we get another interview with jim ross that's what and... lana calls his anyways moving on and adam page so we get the flip side of yes this and, and the, can we just talk a, we don't need to talk about anything else besides Adam Page's fit right right man he's great just the wonderful shirt the this every just looking great looking beautiful great to see him on your television you'll love to see it uh yeah that was good stuff and then we get a video package of FTR versus the Young Bucks which is you know mostly footage of the young bucks being you know pricks to everybody the last few weeks and yeah they do the whole thing they find the new edge blah 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 i'm still interested in the match i think it's going to be fun um, i think the match will be fun too it's just you know the the build-up to it just seemed kind of left me a little cold honestly you know yeah i think they should i don't know if this match should be happening now i feel like we're pulling the trigger on this too early uh i mean it's, it's not as if it hasn't it's not as if it hasn't had build Oh, it's had plenty of bill, but this is one you can burn for another six months at least. But at the same time, I also think that they're the 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 whole thing with the stipulation is kind of needless. Yeah, probably. But also, you know, I've been thinking about this. It's you know, the young bucks are probably looking to to you know lean more into their executive roles and less in their in ring activity. So this does start like make sense to me on a level. I don't think. Well, I guess we'll get into predictions, but like them not challenging for the tag titles anymore and kind of being free to just like work big matches that matter to them personally. 
um, and, and be featured less as far as like an active tag team is probably what they're looking to do. And this is a way to do that. Really? Because I don't get that indication at all. Okay, well, we'll talk. We'll, 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 we'll elaborate that a little bit when we make our predictions at the end. Okay. Uh, we then get a, uh, a Team Taz promo. Yeah. Uh, with Taz and Ricky Starks, you know, burning up the mic as, as they usually do. And, you know, the way he was talking about, you know, you know, talking about the owner of this company, brother. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, yes. Here he goes again. Hey, Paulie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Talking to Tony Khan. And uh, Jericho immediately says, what'd you do today, Taz? Put on an orange hat. And I kind of thought to myself, maybe today is not the best day for Chris Jericho to be mentioning people's hat colors. Yeah, right. Uh, Right. So I, I, you know, you, you, we're, if we're bringing up hat colors, Chris, what color is your hat, Mr. Chris? Mr. Irvine. What hat color are you rocking these days, Chris? Does that match your outfit tonight, Chris? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so anyway. I'm yeah. glad you burned like $7,000 on that campaign, Chris. So, well, I mean, they did win Florida. So. <laughs> True. True. Um, thanks for delivering the vote, Chris. That being said, uh, Taz promises there will be some sort of FTW presence during the pay-per-view. So, okay, cool. cool. Awesome. We're, we're, we're down for some Taz. So, Hey, uh, any excuse for Taz to cut a promo on the show? Ricky Starks wants a match. That's another thing he says. Ricky Starks wants a match. Yep. Uh, and Taz tells him, you know, sure. I'll try to do that. I guess. Yeah. We'll, we'll work on that kid. I liked Ricky Starks' fit as well. Uh, you know, definitely a little uh, The Rock's turtleneck energy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did, definitely I a, did uh, a direct homage to that. Uh, very good stuff. Uh, Rick, he's got the look, man. I'm excited to see more Ricky Starks. The The whole Team Taz thing works for me. It's a really good way to feature all three of these guys. I think it's very efficient. I agree. agree. Uh, our third match of the evening, uh, Private Party versus the Young Bucks, which it just seemed like we just had this match, but we did, and it's you know it's fine. That... Conflicted. I, these guys always deliver. I thought Nick had an especially good match. Nick Jackson looked great tonight. Um, I don't think we needed it. I don't think it was really necessary. I'm not really interested in any other Young Bucks match right now until they wrestle FTR. Now, like now we're here, right? right? So now where's and... the build? And this result was inevitable, despite a couple of like good false finishes and like a couple of close counts, like kind of, you know, uh, saving it towards the end there and some nice high spots. It just it was just there to be there for me. And like it was a time filler where, you know, we could have had more than a minute and 50 seconds of women's matches. I don't know. Yeah. Well, there's that again. But uh, in the meantime, uh, pre-match, Sammy Guevara gets his revenge against Matt Hardy. He does. So, uh, yeah, so they, they did a little bit of build for that one, too. For the Elite Deletion on Saturday, which I will talk about, too. But I am excited for because deletion matches are usually fun. Uh, that being said, uh, I thought that the match was fine. I mean, it, yeah. it was well wrestled, but I, I agree with you. It was it was a needless match, and, you know, I felt that they, they keep going back to this drum of, oh, did you know that Private Party beat... Uh, Beat the Young Bucks? Yeah, back in episode two. <laughs> it was. It we was know. A it, it was exactly fifty-two weeks ago. At this point, well, maybe no, maybe not. It was actually a little more than that. But you know, oh, the, yeah. you know the, the 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 point is is yeah, we get it. Yeah, Private Party beat the Young Bucks once, and they haven't beat them since. Correct, yeah. and they did not tonight either. Yeah, so, I mean, so what? Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, so we, we can move on from this, you know, full gears on Saturday. Yep. Uh, um, afterwards, FTR attack the Young Bucks once again, uh, which leads to a rescue from Adam Page and Kenny yeah, Omega. Adam Page and Kenny Omega, yeah. So this is, the, this is number three. This is the third segment. <laughs> We're on a triple threat there. So, yeah, uh, Paige makes the save. Kenny comes in a little bit late and was like, yeah, I was totally going to save him too, bro. Yeah. (laughs) until I I, I totally would have saved him, but you already had it. But now I'm here, though, so it's cool, right? And they had a little stare down. Some tension, so much tension on this show. And after what a tense couple of days, I just needed somebody to kiss, and no one would kiss. Uh, So those were like, you know, they could have kissed. 
Kingston and Moxley could have kissed. We'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, somebody, hang on to that one. Somebody needed to kiss, um, and I'm very sad that no one kissed. Jericho and MJF always have an opportunity to kiss. Just somebody. We need more kissing on our AEW program. We do. We need wrestlers to just start making out. It's, I think yeah. that's what will make the show better. I mean, just a little smooch would be fine, you know? Even even just a little smooch. Yeah, yeah. You can just do, like, the movie, like, the movie, t- like, uh, you don't need to, like, full French. Although, if you did full French, I got, I'd be okay with that, too. Right. But um, on that note, our next segment, my God. We get oh, a, a uh, segment between John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. This promo was hot fucking fire beautiful just like it was melodrama it was wrestling as soap opera but in the absolute best way right right? yeah like it's all the things that you want in like over dramatic wrestling just played perfectly by both guys uh the framing of it the you know the camera work was great uh, the fact that it wasn't face to face for most of it it was uh moxley standing behind eddie uh, kind of walking around back and forth in and out of frame. It's just beautiful, beautiful stuff. It opened with Kingston and Moxley nose to nose, face to face. You know, Eddie really letting out a, a lot of really passionate stuff, very real stuff. You know, they played off of their real life friendship and their journey together, uh, knowing each other over the last couple decades. It really, you know, played that up into the storyline in just an absolutely brilliant way. Uh, some of the best stuff they've done, this is, you know, in Moxley's already very strong title run, this has really breathed new life into it. Hey, uh, th- th- I'm, I'm kind of going backwards a little bit, but I saw somebody tweet out um, that Tony Khan should up up the money to um, so that Orange Cassidy can come out to Jane. Well, um, we didn't talk about the Cinderella sketch yet. We'll get to that. The Cinderella sketch. The, the 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 fourth Kenny and Hangman page. Oh yeah 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 we will. We'll, we'll talk we, about we, that. We, we've got a couple of things in between there, but um, but I just want to say if we're gonna do that, if they can license Cinderella, and you know now we're saying Orange Cat, they should license Jane for Orange Cat to come out. Jane. Can we please get Moxley to have aneurysm? Yeah, that'd be pretty great, too. But, I mean, I think Jane is the priority. Jane's the one. Like, if you could have to pick one, I th- Jane is the one. I okay. think it's the most effective and most matching of the wrestler. Like, if you had to pick one AE, Okay, let me ask you this, then. If you had to pick one AEW wrestler uh, to take their music from outside AEW and bring it in, who would it be? Well, I guess... You only get one. Would it be Moxley? Well, I mean, right now I would say, yeah, Moxley. Uh, okay. Because, of, like, for me, it would be Orange Cassidy with Jane. I think that's the most yeah, important. I mean, we all agree on that one, though. So, I mean. It's so It's so good. That's why. I mean, there's a reason we all agree. It's perfect. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, a- aneurysm for, for Moxley, I think. Yeah, it'd be pretty great, too. But, yeah, we'll, we'll so we'll get to the reason people are talking about licensed music. Right. Um. We then cut from this to a video package. Seven months in isolation. This was well done. Really well edited. My God, this video was... It gets you excited, right? Yeah, I, 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 Pack. Billy the Fish, for the first time on <laughs> AEW programming in months. Yeah, it was very exciting. He was still the bastard. It was well shot. They got some really nice footage of him, you know, by himself in various parts of England, uh, uh, Newcastle probably. New, yeah, just <laughs> all, just around Newcastle. Hey, he could have been other places. I don't know. He was in Newcastle. Yeah, uh, uh, and, and they they even you know threw in the you know w- w- was he a little British friend from from Eddie yeah Kingston? yeah that's how they opened the yeah it was it was a really well well edited package. Uh, I don't know who's working on those now if they're if they still got like Nick Mondo involved or who's doing that stuff, but it looks really good. Uh, so this was exciting. Uh, still makes me, you know, wish we could have seen what could have been with Death Triangle. Uh, oh yeah, I do. Think that, that was going to be awesome. I, I'm, I'm, you know, Kingston Goon works for us. We're big fans of Kingston Goon around here. But I think Death Triangle would have been a big game changer in uh, on that program. Yeah, we we were uh, all, you know, I think that was pretty much before your time here because you know the the pandemic happened. Yes. But yeah, we were we were all pretty well in for El Triangle de la Muerte. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, we. I, that's the, I think everybody was in on that. That was very exciting. But I am excited to see, you know, maybe Pat come back and get a receipt, and maybe a future feud with Penta or Phoenix or even Eddie Kingston. Uh, and I think there's a lot of directions we can go with that, and uh, very excited to get Pac back on that show. That would be nice. Our fourth match of the evening um, it was our one minute fifty seconds uh, of women's uh, matches. Uh, Nyla yeah. Rose with Vicky Guerrero versus Red Velvet with Brandy Rhodes. Um, Brandy Rhodes, who defeated Red Velvet in the singles match in AEW Dark a few weeks ago. So yeah, this was a complete waste of. Nyla's talents, I thought. And Red Velvet. Well, yeah, so matter. I think, well, let me, yeah, I just want to make sure we mention, I think Red Velvet uh, has a lot of potential. I think she's very good. I've seen her in some limited action on AEW Dark, uh, and I think that she is a uh, talented young wrestler. Uh, cool to see her get some work. She got some offense in on Nyla. Very nice. Nyla did what she does. She finishes the match with uh, Sheeta's finisher. I thought that was a nice touch. Yes, it was. I, I uh, thought that was a good touch, too. Nyla's a star. Nyla's a fucking star. Sheeta's a star. These women are stars, and they're going to put on a fucking banger on Saturday. The road there has been a failure on AEW's part to feature them properly and feature the entire women's division properly. This is somewhere that AEW has objectively failed. They have had a lot of successes on this show over the last year plus, but I would consider, and it's not the fault of the talent in one bit. It is, you know, AEW and their producers fault uh, that they have failed the women's division to this point. And I hope that this changes sooner rather than later. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I mean, again, I mean, well, you know what, let, let, let's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll circle back to this point, but yeah, like you said, we, we, we could have had more, with it, then you know the the Bucks versus Private Party. Yeah, again, that was a good match, but it was pointless. There's a lot you could have done, man. There's a lot of other women you could feature on this roster to build the division in other spots, so you have more accessible, you know, programs to run later on. Whether it's at the top of the card for the title or not, uh, more women need to be wrestling on Wednesday nights. Period. Yeah. I mean, the, the fact that we only got to see Anna J like twice from the side silently while she was standing there with the rest of dark order is fucking ridiculous, man. Well, yeah. And you know, again, they, they, they have too much good talent to only be getting one segment that, you know, in a, in, you know, which is a squash match. Yeah. It's outrageous. Um, and, uh, it, it ends with Vicky Guerrero cutting a promo and so, 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 so close to not being racist but she just had to finish strong with just a little bit of racism right at the end. Yeah. She just couldn't help herself. Look, and her guy lost. She's sad. She just had to take it out with a little good old fashioned racism. Uh, Yeah, boy. That's, that's Vicky for you. uh, uh, Hitting a little bit of racism and then getting hit by Sheeta to finish off this segment. Uh, Sheeta being like sort of scared of Nyla is a weird touch to me. I don't think, you know, she's already got a dub over. Like she doesn't really need to be scared, but I'm excited for this match. I think it's going to be really good wrestling wise. And then we get our fourth Adam page versus Kenny Omega segment. (laughs) This is the aforementioned Cinderella segment. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a music video, uh, uh, with, you know, highlighting their chronicles, their trials and tribulations and their friendship set to don't know what you got till it's gone by Cinderella. Uh, so, so licensed music, right? Like if they can get this, like you can get Jane, come on, but you know what? You can get Cinderella. You can get starship, but you know what? This was not the only licensed music on the program tonight. What was the other one? Well, because in our next segment, we have Darby Allen and I swear to God, that sounded like TV on the radio. Is that what that was? I, I was trying to, I could put my finger on it. That was also a, a fun little thing where uh, Darby Allen just runs over a man in a car with a car who has a Cody Rhodes mask on. Yep. Just then that's it. That's the whole segment. Darby Allen hits a man with a car. End of segment. Yeah. I mean, end of segment. I tell you, it, it sounded like uh, TV on the radio to me, but uh... I could just see Bam coming in like, yo, we dressed Phil up like Cody Rhodes, and we're gonna tell him. We're gonna tell Darby's <laughs> outside. I mean, did we already have? Yeah, did we already have a member of Jackass on the program like a, a week or so ago? 
Bam, you can't dress me up like Cody Rhodes. I got to work in the morning. <laughs> and with that, we go to our main event. Now, you want to talk about a pointless match where we could have had more women. Oh. How about this match? Our, our, our main event tonight in which Cody so, Rhodes, Billy Gunn, and Austin Gunn versus John Silver, uh, Dark Order number 10, and Colt Cabana. So the point of this match was to get to the promo at the end, right? So we have a little we have a little six man match. That there were two objectives of this match: uh, give Austin Gunn some shine and do the promo, right? So mission accomplished on both fronts. However, who cares? I don't understand for the <laughs> life of me why this was at the end of the show and Moxley Kingston was at nine fifteen. Yeah. This is what doesn't make sense to me. Um, I feel like you're sacrificing what's actually your most important storyline uh, f- to fulfill Cody's like uh, uh, whims. And as the Cody defender, the official licensed Cody defender of this podcast, I cannot defend this. Uh, I thought the promo was good. That being said, I thought the promo was good. I thought Cody cut a really good promo. I thought it was effective. I thought it, it was very well done. It didn't need to happen at the end of the show, and I thought that you kind of sacrificed some of this show's pacing uh, by doing it this way. Yeah, it, there was – yeah, this this whole segment just I, – I mean, I tuned out. I got to be Did honest. Did you? I, 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 see, I, can, I thought the promo was very effective. I thought it was really good. The promo you know, was okay. Said, I, the promo I, I was okay. Was, I tuned know, out of the match. It was passionate. Yeah, the match itself, whatever. It was It was what it was. Um, yeah, it's something that could have happened in the middle of the show and probably would have been better served in the middle of the show because our minds were already on other things, right? You've already built these other storylines, especially the title. That Moxley-Kingston promo, like you know what you have there. How can you not know what you have at this point? You know that this package, this segment is going to be fantastic. You know these guys are going to put on a great show. You know the effectiveness and the emotion that you're going to have ending. Imagine that ending the program going into Saturday night's pay-per-view. I think that's the most effective way you could do it, and you had it right there. It's just – it blows my mind that you can't see that or they're not, you're not willing to sacrifice your own segment. I don't know who's booking this. I'm not gonna just going to blame Cody or whatever, but I don't know. it didn't make sense to me, man. Yeah, and, and for that to be your final segment on the go-home. Yeah, and, you know, Moxley and Kingston deserve better. Like, And it makes me worry that Moxley and Kingston is – not going to be the main event, and Darby and Cody is going to be the main event at the pay-per-view? They they, they, claim, they claim it's the main event. They even said the main event of the evening. Why? What's the point of making the, I don't know, making Cody's TNT championship more important than the AEW belt, I think, is a bad idea. Is this, well, that plus four, four segments for Kenny... Omega versus Adam Page, uh, and Again, I don't know multiple, how, how multiple. Bad it was, those those segments at least didn't take up a ton of time. Well, that's like, as far as that, I mean, that's and, well, and they mean, were in, collectively and they though. In, and I thought they were in like the all right in in spots too. Like, I don't think they were misplaced. This was in the wrong place. And that's the biggest problem with it. If you would have just put this at nine fifteen and you put Moxley and Kingston at the end, this conversation doesn't happen. We would just thought both were good. Yeah, you're right. It would have. But... It would have been like, oh, yeah, this was a really good promo. This was nice. I'm excited to see this match. You, you know, there wouldn't be anything, any complaints to have about it. And Moxley and Kingston would have been just as good, if not better. But you know what? Uh, at the same time, what does the AE stand for in AEW? Oh. Okay. Touche, salesman. <laughs> there Touché. we go. And with that, we end... What seemed to be a very quick uh, recap of episode 54 of AEW Dynamite. Well, we yeah, got this, other business to attend to tonight. This, this show did kind of actually go by quickly. I will give it that. Nothing really. Which for a go-home show is a good thing. You yeah, you yeah. want that to happen. You want to get to. The, the whole point is to get to Saturday night. That's why it's the go-home show, right? That's why we call it that. Um, and, and I thought outside of this little switcheroo of the of the title importance thing the rest of it was very good i thought it was a really good show so with that uh yeah we have a pay-per-view on saturday which um i think are you gonna be available sunday i'll be available anytime man i'm just i sit around in front of my blue yeti microphone just waiting to podcast about wrestling 
Okay. Well, uh, I, I, I'm on call. I have like a pager, like a like an like a medical staff worker, and uh, anytime the uh, the wrestling pager goes off, um, I, I'm ready. Well, I feel I, that because I, I do work in. for a medical clinic, so. I log in, I log on, and I'm ready to do wrestling podcasts. Okay, so um, all right, so expect this weekend a uh, a, re- a a special episode of Boom Goes the Dynamite. That's right, a, a BGTD special on on this here full gear pay per view, which uh, airs this Saturday, uh, November the seventh. Um, so you can wake hey, up. Is that you, dynamite in your full gear? Or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> So you can wake up, watch New Japan Power Struggle, and then later in the night, you can watch Full Gear and go to sleep. That's right. Uh, so we currently have a uh, a nine-match card, uh, The first, one of them on the, on the buy-in, and then eight matches on pay-per-view, which that kind of gives me a little bit of hives after after uh what happened with all out because god i i nearly did not make it through all out oh <laughs> uh, well all out wasn't their best effort pay-per-view wise as you can hear us talk about in our all out recap in our archives if you want to check that out uh check out our soundcloud archives where you can uh find our all out recap if you want to know what our thoughts were on that but um yeah hopefully they they, they get to the point uh better this time because yeah. jesus yeah that the length of that and I'm I'm already seeing it's a nine match show. I'm like, oh my god, you know. It's well, like, uh, I, I've gotten so used to the New Japan six match shows now. You know, let's uh, let's lead by example and get to the point and re- uh, preview the uh, 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 what do they call it? Predict these matches. That's the word I'm looking for. Wow. All right. So uh, so our uh, our our uh, our buy in match, the pre show. Uh, Serena Deeb defends the NWA World Women's Championship against Allison K. Yeah, hell yeah, Allison K, Detroit girl. Uh, all respect, big fan. Uh, I think Serena will probably retain this, but I would expect that. But uh, it's gonna be cool to see Allison K on AEW. She's really good. Uh, and again, you know, you have this NWA partnership. Look at all these talented women you have access to. It's just feature them, please. Serena Deeb's great. Um, now this this may not be the match order. I, I'm going to I'm going to kind of guess the match order. So, um, yeah, as we've said before, we're not totally in agreement with, uh, AEW's match order anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't think this is the match order though. I think this is this, I'm, I'm reading this from Wikipedia. So they may, and you know, they, they never actually announce a match order anyway. Right. So, uh, the one thing I do think is that Moxley versus Kingston will be the main event, but anyway, let, let's, let's get on I with hope this. So. Um, we have Orange Cassidy versus John Silver in a special. That's also a buy-in match. match, right? No, that's on the main show. Apparently, that, they, they said that was going to be. So they they, they changed moved, it up. They, they moved. They said on the show tonight. They they moved it to the main card. Okay, so that's moved to the main card, and then Deeb and Allison's going to be the one buy-in match. Got it. I thought there was going to be two buy-in matches. Okay. So yeah, the, the, the Orange Cassidy should win. Handy. Yeah, Orange. I got Orange Cassidy. Easy. Sorry, John. Um. Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara in the Elite Deletion match. It, oh, if this is yeah, if this is not a pre-taped mm. cinematic type match, I will be this, very surprised. Well, that's it's a hundred percent what it is. That's why they gave it the uh, the the moniker to let you know it's what it is. Uh, as anyone who listens to this podcast or has followed my streams or listened to any of my content knows, I am a big fan of deletion matches. I love this shit. You could melt this down into a spoon and put it in a hypodermic needle and inject it between my toes so I don't get caught. Uh, this is my shit. Uh, I'm very Jesus, excited for this. Dark. <laughs> You're damn right it did. Uh, this is going to be awesome uh, because all of these are awesome. I'm going to have a lot of fun with it. And because it's a deletion match, I'm going to predict Matt Hardy getting the win. Uh, you know, I don't know. I can see Sammy Guevara getting the win here. Fair. No, I think I can, that, that I can would see be the Sam most likely scenario, yeah. but I'm going to be bold and predict Matt Hardy wins a deletion match. Maybe he, uh, you know, uh, deletes Sammy Guevara for, because this feud's not over and something else happens later. Uh, we have Chris Jericho versus MJF with the stipulation that if MJF wins, he will join the inner circle. So that's where I think this is interesting because... 
I don't know that this storyline is totally over and MJF being in the inner circle for at least a limited time. There's a lot there and it feels like something Jericho would want to do just to get the the backstage segments and the content out that way. So I'm going to say MJF wins and starts a short and disastrous tenure with the inner circle. Which will end up pissing Sammy Guevara off. So that way, you know, Sammy transitions into a feud with MJF. There you go. So See, you got a lot, he, a lot of places you can go. Yeah. You know, I think you might be right. I think MJ, I think they're pushing MJF. But then again, when was the last time? I can't remember the last time Chris Jericho got a pay-per-view win. I mean, this is what he does now. This is his thing is, uh, you know, putting guys over. So yeah. I expect him to do that here. I also, I low key, my dark horse thing. I would love to see Wardlow be the reason MJF wins so he can join the inner circle and Wardlow can like get away from him. You don't think he would bring Wardlow with him? I think the whole plan is to leave Wardlow behind. I think they're kind of hinting at it continually. Mm, yeah. I think you, you like, might he be shits right. all over Wardlow. You might be right. You might Okay, let's move into the title matches at, at long last. Uh, Hikaru Shida versus Nyla Rose for the AEW Women's World Championship. Uh, tough one to call. I think this that is, is probably a tough the toughest one. one to choose of the night. For me, it's the toughest one to pick. Yeah, I think... You know what? I, I think... You know what? Nyla works better if she has a title with her because that way the, the, the babyface women... Has something to chase, especially but with then, Vicky. In her but corner. then again, I, Britt Baker's looming too. She is, but you know, again, we've talked about this before. But AEW doesn't really rely on traditional heel face stuff anyway, so I don't really take that too much into account when I figure who they're going to put the title on. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with Nyla Rose. Same. Yeah, me too. Okay. I think Nyla gets it back. Okay. Um. For the AEW World Tag Team Championship, FTR with Tully Blanchard defend against Executive Vice Presidents, the Young Bucks, uh, Matt and Nick Jackson. With the stipulation that the Young Bucks lose, they will never again challenge for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. Um, (sighs) No, I really think it's too short to cut FTR off. Yeah, I don't think this is. But uh, then again, the time this is it. the Young Bucks too, and you know it, it, it's been you know a year and a half since the company formed. They haven't been tag team champions yet, so I don't know that they necessarily care about that. And again, I talked about this earlier on the program. I think that they are moving away from more of a full time wrestling and you know getting more into their executive roles. I think maybe the future of the Young Bucks on this show is like big personal feud type matches. Uh, you know, stuff with the elite, uh, you know, marquee things, pay-per-views, what have you. So I'm going to say FTR wins, retains, and uh, the Bucks step away from the title scene. See, I, I think we're going to disagree here. I think the, the, the Bucks are going to get their moment here because, of course, you know, these are two guys who formed a company to put themselves over. So fair. here we go. Well, <laughs> so you know, I, maybe, maybe that's what they did. I think they just saw the way to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And put themselves over in the process. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I'm going to say the Young Bucks, actually. I say uh, this as I'm and... looking over at my all-in poster, which is just Cody and the Young Bucks' huge faces. Yep, yep. Keep, <laughs> keep talking. On that note, Cody Rhodes with Arn Anderson versus Darby Allen for the AEW TNT Championship. This one feels tough, too. It, it does. I, I think it would be better served if... Darby Allen won this. So, are you predicting Darby Allen's going to win this? Well, it, th- th- my heart says Darby Allen. I think it would be better for Biz. You know, that way you get you know some fresh matches in too. But you know what? Again, Cody Rhodes formed a company to put himself over. So, <laughs> so, so there's, there's always that you know hanging over it. Absolutely. I'm going to predict Darby Allen wins this match, and here's why. I think they want Darby to have this belt, but I don't think they wanted to have him beat Brody Lee. I don't think they wanted to have Brody lose to a guy Darby's size right now. So you put the belt back on Cody so Cody can drop it to Darby. You know what? what? I'll buy that explanation. So So I'm going to go just purely from a booking standpoint. It makes the most sense to me. 
So I'm going to go with Darby Allen wins this belt. Okay. Yeah. You know what? Uh, you know what? Screw it. I'll go Darby Allen too. Damn. Let's go. All right. Um, this isn't strictly a title match, but uh, the the final of the Eliminator tournament for the next shot at the AEW World Title, uh, Kenny Omega versus Adam Page. Also a very tough match to call. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a really tough one to call. On one hand, you have Kenny Omega, who is always a guy who can give you a good title match. His history with John Moxley, should John Moxley retain this title, uh, is well documented. Their last match was spectacular, and there's always potential for them to be... I mean, they can kind of have like a Cena-Orton type, like you can always revisit this rivalry, right? And they'll always give each other a really good match. On the other hand, you have Adam Hangman Page doing the best work of his career, connecting with audiences in a way uh, that people were hoping that he would, becoming the mainstream star we thought he'd be, hitting every stride. People want to see him at the main event scene and get a title match. So either way, you're right, I think, to to have either of these guys be your number one contender. Jeff, you got to pick this one first. Well, okay, so once again, we have to fall back on the fact that Kenny Omega joined Cody Rhodes, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson uh, to form a company to put themselves over. <laughs> um, that being said, I honestly think in very many ways, Adam Page is way more over than Kenny Omega is right now. I think Adam Page is one of the most over guys on the show. So with that being said, I, I you know what? I think I'm going to pull the trigger and say... Adam Page, because he needs to redeem himself after what happened with the, you know, regard to the tag titles and all that. Yeah, and uh, I, my gut tells me the same. My gut tells me that that this is Page's turn and that the Kenny and Moxley thing will probably go back to when there isn't a title on the line. I don't know. It's tough to say, and I don't want to just totally agree with you on every match, but I, I really believe it too, yeah. I'm well, you haven't, so it's okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm going with Page as well. That being said, I reserve the, the right to say, yeah, it, it would, yeah, it, if Omega wins, yeah, well, we, I kind of saw it coming too, so. Yeah. And then finally, the I Quit match for the AEW World Championship, the, the best feud that is going into this, uh, into this program. Into I this mean, yeah, it's the best, in the, it's, it's the best thing going on wrestling television right now, I think. Uh, John Moxley defending against Eddie Kingston. Um, I think this match is going to bang, and it's going oh, to be yeah. brutal because, you know, on the one hand, John Moxley, on the other hand, you know, noted all Japan, Mark. Yeah, and I think what this match is really going to be Kingston. good for is going to be the high drama. It's going to be the emotional stakes. It's going to be the tension and not just the violence of it and all that. It's going to be the feelings, and you're going to see that seethe between these two guys throughout it. I'm really excited to see the story that they're going to tell. I expect this to be a, a really top-quality match. To predict it, you'd think it'd be pretty easy to say that John Mox is going to retain this belt, and that's what logic seems to uh, to dictate. But you know what? Uh, this is a bold podcast. And uh, this is a bold match for bold men. And uh, a, a bold match requires a bold prediction. And I say that Eddie Kingston shocks the world, takes that belt home to his mother and says, this is why um, I pull out. <laughs> um, I'm not going to be so brave. I'm going to say Moxie retains because I think – I think Adam, if, if, if whomever it is between Omega and Adam Page, I mean, I think that would be a a money match. Oh yeah, them against Moxley. Yeah. So I think, oh, for sure. that's why I think Moxley Moxley will retain. I think. Okay, I mean, hey, there's always a way to put the belt back on him, but I think I'm just, this is mostly a pick for for optimism. But somebody's got to pick it, Eddie Kingston. Someone's got to do it, and I'm willing to put it out there and put me on the, myself on the line. Oh, I think it's still going to bang, so, you know. Oh, the match is going to be great no matter what. That's what we're guaranteed for. The real winners, us the fans. Yeah, so so that's our, uh, that is our, uh, our, our overview of Full Gear. And uh, yeah. we will be on Sunday recording our, our reaction show to it. 
Absolutely. So uh, because yeah, after because sure you come see us, I think on I think somewhere on Saturday. I guess we'll just what else we got to do? It's going to get into plugs. Well, I was going to say, um, you know, because I don't think we're, we have it in us to do a live reaction show immediately following because, yeah, th- this has the potential to be another five hour show. And it always could be. Yeah, that's going to be fluid. So you'll probably get that podcast sometime on Sunday. So look out for that. Um, as far as Saturday goes, there's a good chance I'll be live on Twitch before Full Gear and we'll talk about the show. We'll preview. Maybe we'll watch some Dark and some Being the Elite and kind of get some context. There's probably some Road 2 stuff on their YouTube channel we can get into. Well, let me so know. I, 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 it, me. It, well, if I can, I might I might do that. Oh, give me, give yeah, me the detail. that'd be great. If I can. I can't guarantee that. So, so folks, I, I, I am a family in. man after all. So. You, you got to tune in at twitch.tv slash thickflare to find out if Jeff can join us on our full uh, gear preview show. So check me out. At twitch.tv slash thickflare. Uh, we'll do that. We got some more stuff coming uh, in the works there. So please follow and uh, get notified when we go live there. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at thickflareTTV and our podcast Twitter account at BGTD Podcast. That's BGTD, like boom goes the dynamite podcast, uh, where you can get some of our live tweets during the shows. We'll uh, always, you know, inform you of new podcast episodes. And I just like talking to listeners and fans uh, about wrestling there. So uh, always hit us up there. Jeff, what do you got? Uh, you can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter, my personal Twitter, at GD Wessel. Um, was it last week? Yeah, it was this past weekend I dropped a, we did another uh, Busting Balls episode. Uh, coulda, woulda, shoulda, you know, players who coulda, woulda, shoulda been bigger than they actually were for, you know, whatever various reasons. Um with uh, the World Tag League and Best of Super Juniors coming up, there will be a uh, another episode of the Strong Style Story Podcast coming soon. Um, it may not be until midweek next week, though. Just due wow. to scheduling, because I mean, after yeah, folks, I mean, you gotta stay tuned. See, this is the this is the the tension and the uh, suspense <laughs> that we build as professional broadcasters, and you just gotta tune in. So. Uh, Paul, any final words? Get out there and vote. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm just going to keep it serious for a bit. Is that, yeah, um, we still don't know who our next president is going to be. We have an idea, but we still don't know for sure. And, uh, you know, knowing the, um, you know, the, the, one of the parties there, there will be some fuckery involved. So oh, yeah, um, have a, you, you want to talk about kayfabe, folks? You ready for some wrestling storylines? Uh, you know, if you were around for the year two thousand, it's not going to look a whole lot different. No, uh, but... no, it really isn't. But um, so I just like to take the this time to say that the GOP can gargle them. So yes, thank you. they they absolutely can. So uh, until then, uh, we'll see you on Sunday for our uh, full gear recap. So uh, yeah. Until then, peace out, everybody. We'll see you Sunday or next week on this very program. So, take care of yourselves. We'll see you next week.